Well, thank you, Tyler. Well, uh, if you have been with us on Sunday morning, you know that we have been going through the book of Acts for the past several months, really. But we're going to be in a different passage this morning. We're going to pause our study in the book of Acts. And I'm going to ask you to turn to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, and we're going to begin in verse number 28. And um, really, just this passage has been on my heart this week. Um, Really, I, I guess, well, really, I guess for seven years, you know, I've had a bit of a burden every day, uh, but it seems like maybe the last little bit, for whatever reason, it's been deeper, and uh, I just thought about this verse this week. Another thing different, I'll just go ahead and tell you, I don't have a single note this morning. I think it is only the second time since I've ever been preaching that uh, I have come to preach without any notes. I think the first time was some years ago, and I was troubled about some things, didn't really know what to say, and actually ended up, uh, we didn't, I didn't preach. I think the ladies had been to a meeting, and they, uh, uh, they testified till about 1 o'clock. So anyway, uh, I wasn't meant to preach, but I know I meant to preach today. But this passage is on my heart, and what I want to share with you is simply, I've just titled it, Rest for Your Soul. Rest for Your Soul. And if you look in Matthew chapter 11, just to set the stage for what Jesus is saying here, it's a very very familiar passage uh, there in verse 28. But he's been speaking about three cities around Capernaum where Jesus' ministry was primarily located, where most of his miracles took place. And he pronounces a woe upon them because he said, if the miracles that have been performed in your cities would have been performed uh, in Sodom, then Sodom would have repented a long time ago. But yet, all of these miracles have occurred in your cities, but yet you still haven't turned to me. So in the context of all that rejection of the message of Jesus, now everybody wanted their bad back healed, and everybody wanted their uh, leg that was out of joint. You know, Jesus would heal folks, and people would come, and they were all excited about that. But then when Jesus began to talk about taking up your cross... And following him, when he began to speak about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, when he began to say some things that that people didn't understand, then they they kind of rejected. They began to walk away and said, "I, you know, I, I was here for the miracle service, but I, I don't know what he's talking about now, and I, I don't care to get involved. It sounds a little bit too uh, too dedicated for me." And so they turned away and they began to reject Jesus. So in the context of that rejection. Jesus comes down to verse number 28 and He's saying, Father, I'm I'm glad and I thank You that You have hidden these things, that is, this gospel of life, from the wise and the mighty and You have revealed it to the weak. You've revealed it to those who, who have nothing. You've revealed it to those who, by the world's standard, don't deserve it. And it's in the context of that that Jesus then comes to verse number 28, I think a wonderful, wonderful verse that I'll just say has brought me great comfort the last few days even. And here it is, verse number 28. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, 
and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The first thing that jumps out at me in this passage is the very first word. Jesus said, come. Now, we all have burdens. We all have labors. Everyone here, you're carrying a burden. You're wrestling with something. And the first thing that you and I must do if we're going to get help, anytime that you look at Jesus when He healed someone or any deliverance took place in the Bible, you go all the way back to the Old Testament. Yes, I know God is sovereign. I know that, that salvation is His alone. But still, anytime God does anything in the Bible, I challenge you to find, me a, some, to find someone that Jesus delivered or Jesus saved that that person didn't have a part to play. They had to do something. They go all the way back to Moses. When Moses was freeing the children of Israel, he chose Moses. He said, Moses, pick up your rod. And he made him go to Pharaoh or told him to go to Pharaoh. And he had to, had to give an account before Pharaoh and give a message to Pharaoh. You know, when he took the people out to the Red Sea, and there they were, as we would say, between the devil and the deep blue sea. That's where that comes from, by the way. Between Pharaoh and, and the sea, nowhere to go. What did God tell Moses to do? To stretch out your rod over the sea. Only God could part the sea, but Moses had to stretch out his rod. You even go back when they were still in Egypt. And God was going to deliver them in a mighty way when that last, the night when the firstborn in every house in Egypt was going to die. God told the people of Israel to do something, didn't He? They had to take a lamb. They had to kill that lamb. They had to boil it. They had to eat it. They had to put the blood over the doorpost. Seemingly meaningless, powerless rituals. <coughs> had no power to deliver them from Egypt. But yet, God said, do this. Obey me. Do this. You see, God gave them something seemingly meaningless and weak to do. And God did the powerful part. And Jesus says to us, come. So when I have burdens and I am laboring, I first must listen to the voice of Jesus and recognize that I must do something. I must be willing to come to Jesus with my burden. I must be willing to come to Him. I must be willing to come. I must be willing to get up and not to wrestle with myself. You know, I, I, maybe I'm just proud, but, but uh, you know, I, I like to fix my own problems. I don't like to ask for help. How many times Lloyd and I have been on a trip somewhere? This was before GPS. You know, now we've got GPS, which actually can get you into more trouble sometimes. But, you know, it's, it's, you, know you need to ask somebody where we are. I got, it. I got it. I'd rather be lost for two hours than stop and ask somebody for 15 minutes. That's stubbornness. That's what it is. And my friend, it is that way in a spiritual sense. Many times we want to keep laboring and we want to keep wrestling. And we say, no, I, I don't need God right now. And part of that is because we know what God's going to expect of us. We don't want to come to Him because we already know what His answer is going to be. And it's not an answer that we want to hear. It's not something we're willing to submit to. So number one, if we're going to have rest for our soul, Jesus says, come. 
We must be willing to get up and come to Him. And notice that's the second thing. He says, come to me. Come to me. Jesus is the Savior. Not He didn't say go to the church. Now the church is the body of Christ. You need to be involved in the church. I, I think you all know where I stand on that. Certainly, I'm not advocating the long range of Christianity that you, you, know, you know more about God than the preacher does and so you're going to seek God yourself. But let me tell you something. Don't depend on the church. Too many people, too many of us, our faith is wrapped up in somebody. It's wrapped up in our mama or our daddy or our grandfather or our grandmother. Someone that we have great respect for. Someone that has taught us the Word of God. Someone that we equate in some way with Jesus. Let me tell you, there is a great danger in that. Whether it's me that you look to or some member of your family or some church, this one or some other. And that is that no one can match Jesus. And what's going to happen if that person ever falls, if that person ever disappoints you, if that person you ever find is not who you thought they were going to be, your faith is going to be destroyed. Jesus said, don't come to your parents. Don't come to the preacher. Don't come to the church. But Jesus said, if you need rest for your soul, come to me. Come to me. That is the invitation. You have to do something. Get up. Get up and stop laboring and wrestling with your problem yourself. Yes, it's okay to find friends, and you should find friends and people to help you. I'm not saying that. Lean upon other people. The Bible says bear one another's burdens. But only Jesus can solve your problem. Others can point you to Jesus. Others can give you good advice. Others can hug your neck and tell you they love you and they're praying for you. But only Jesus can give rest to your soul. And Jesus says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Stop there with those first two words. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I'm so glad that that is an invitation that includes everybody. He didn't say, come to me if you're worthy. He didn't say, come to me if you deserve it. He didn't say, come to me if, if you've got the right training. He simply said, come to me, everybody, all you that labor and are heavy laden. That leaves no one out. If you're here today... Jesus is speaking to you. Come to me, all of you, everyone. If you're laboring, if you're heavy laden, that invitation, Jesus was speaking to you. Now, He was speaking to everybody, but everybody wasn't listening. Remember the context of Him saying this? The context is that others, He was lamenting over the fact that so many were rejecting His message. So many who had seen Him heal sick people and give sight to the blind and perform miracles that, that anyone would know God must be in the midst of this, but yet they were not hearing His message. And Jesus, lamenting over that fact and sorrowful over that fact, He's given an invitation. He says, Come to Me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Some of you sitting here. You're listening, but you're not listening. This, these words mean nothing to you. It means nothing to you. All it is, is a price you have to pay to eat dinner. 
And you're saying, God, I hope it ain't too much of a price. You know, I hope it's not one of them 45 minuters. You know, he said he didn't have any notes, so he can't go too long. He'll run out of something to say in a minute. Surely. I mean, my goodness. But those of you, Jesus was speaking to everybody, but only a specific audience was listening. Who was listening? Those who are laboring and are heavy laden. I can remember as a child, the gospel was preached to me many, many times. Zoom, 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 zoom. I never heard it. I heard it, but I didn't hear it. I could, I could, like Stephanie's story, I could count off on my ten fingers all kinds of facts about Jesus as a child. But it wasn't until the Holy Spirit stirred me. One day I was listening and all of a sudden I heard the same words, the same message. I just never heard it before. I'd heard it up here. I had the facts, but it meant nothing to me. But then all of a sudden the words begin to go down here. And all of a sudden I did hear. And my heart heard, not just my head. And I responded. And that's when I came to know Jesus. Before Jesus was just a fact, just a word. Just somebody I learned about. But after that, He was a person. He was real. He was someone I could speak to. Prayer was not a duty. Prayer was a privilege. What a privilege to carry all our problems and all of our needs to Him. You see... Jesus was speaking to everybody, but only certain people heard Him. He says, come to Me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I think about the labor that so many of us are involved in. How many of us are working hard, hard, hard at something, but we see no results? How frustrating that is. I think maybe that's why, you know, some folks take Xanax. I get on a tractor, okay? I love getting on a tractor. I love to get a mo- take a mower and mow. That's a lot cheaper than a psychiatrist, I'll tell you that right now. I love to mow. And I think one of the reasons I love to do something like that is you're working, although I'm not sure that you can say riding a tractor is working by my definition of working, but let's just say perhaps we can say it's working. We're doing something and we can see results. You got the tall grass. You mow, you got the cut grass, if you got good blades. You got the cut grass. And you can feel some sense of accomplishment. Look, look how good this looks. I did this. And it really wasn't that hard. I like something. I think I posted it myself on Facebook of an old man on a tractor. He said, before GPS, in my day, GPS was the post way at the other end of the field. I remember my daddy telling me that, you know, when I was... Uh, learning how to drive the tractor. He said, now put your eye on that post. You know, and, and don't, if you want a straight road, don't, don't look away from that post or that tree. Just look at that tree the whole time you're going making that first row and you'll have a straight road. I never could have a straight road. But anyway, I tried. I, I tried to look. I tried to look. But, but I, I think I love doing that because it feels like I'm accomplishing something. And so many times we labor and, and we, it just seems nothing is accomplished. There's some problem and we're working on it and we're working on it and we sweat and we labor, but it gets no better. I think about the woman with the issue of blood. How the Bible says she had spent all she had 
and had exhausted all of her resources and was nothing better but grew worse. How many can identify with that in some area of your life? I've worked. I've labored. I've tried. But I I get no better or it gets no better. It gets worse. And Jesus is speaking to us. He says, come to me, all you that are laboring. And not only are laboring, working with seemingly no results, but are heavy laden. Burdened. A heavy burden to carry. It's one thing to work. You know, when you join the military and, and they take you through basic training, I understand they don't just send you on a jogging run. They pack you down. You know, they put you a, a big pack on and they put a lot of weight in it. And not only do you have to carry yourself, but you have to carry that burden with you. As I've gotten older, I've developed a pack to carry with me. I've tried to lose of it, lose some of it lately, but I still got a lot extra. Does me no value. But some of us in a spiritual and an emotional, in emotional way, we are heavy laden. We are burdened. There's a burden that we carry. And Jesus is speaking to you. He's speaking to me. He says, come to me, all of you that are laboring and are heavy laden. You have a burden. You don't know what to do with that burden. You're carrying it. Maybe it's guilt. Maybe it's concern for a loved one. Worry or anxiety or fear. The unknown. But you have a burden and you're carrying that burden every day. And you can't sleep. You can't think about anything but that burden. Jesus is speaking. Come to me. All of you who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Jesus said, I will give you rest. Now, Jesus gave a promise. You know, I think sometimes we have to be, as the Bible says, there's, a, there's something Jesus said that is somehow uh, curious and, and hard to understand. Remember that passage where He says, you know, that the violent take the kingdom by force? And they press into it. You know, you ever read that and thought, okay, I thought we were supposed to turn the other cheek. Okay, I thought we were supposed to be loving and, and, and gentle. And, and then that, that, that parable that Jesus gave where, you know, the talents and the one that had ten talents, he invested it and got twenty. And the one that had five, he invested it and got ten. And the poor little guy that had one talent... He ran and hid his in the dirt. And then when the master came back, he said, where's my talent? He said, oh yeah, I got it. He ran and dug it up and brought it to him. He said, see, here's the talent you gave me. And remember Jesus in the parable said the master was very angry. He says, well, what have you done? The man that had ten, he invested it and got me twenty. The man that had five, he invested it and got me ten. And you, you unprofitable servant, you took that one talent and buried it. You should have at the very minimum gave it to the bankers and let it earn interest. And he cast that servant out. I don't know, maybe I'm just an old sentimental guy, but I felt kind of sorry for the the dude. You know, well, maybe he was scared. Maybe he didn't know what to do. He just buried his talent. 
But I believe there's a principle Jesus is teaching us here that sometimes in life you must fight. You must fight. In a spiritual way, you must fight. You cannot be weak. You cannot give up. You cannot say it's not worth it. You have to fight the good fight, as Paul said. You have to keep the faith. And I think about an old song that we sometimes sing on, on Wednesday night. Uh, it says, I would not be denied. Till Jesus came and set me free, I would not be denied. And it talks about Jacob. Remember Jacob in the Old Testament? He was wrestling with the angel. And the angel said, let me go. Time for me to go. And he said, no, I won't let you go. You can't go until you bless me. You know, and the angel finally said, okay, I'll bless you. Now, I don't believe God is trying not to bless us. I believe everything in the Old Testament is a spiritual lesson for us in, in this age that we live. And I believe that is a spiritual lesson. Like the writer of that song, we must sometimes say, I will not be denied. Jesus, you said you will give me rest. And I'm laboring. And I'm laboring and I'm heavy laden and I've got burdens, but I am coming to you. I will obey you. I bring my burdens to you. And I'm trusting that you will give me rest because you said you would. And I am trusting I will not be denied. I will not stop standing on your word. I will not back up. I will stand on your word and I will trust what your word says to come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There's a time to stand. Remember what Paul said, having done all, stand with the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation. You've got all that on and you're fighting and it seems you can gain no ground. And Paul says, well, at least don't run. If you can't go forward, just stand. Dig your cleats in and put your shield up and and swing with your sword and stand. If you can't go forward, don't back up. Just stand. Stand on the Word of God. Stand on the promises of God because Jesus said, I will give you rest. That, that gives me courage. That gives me comfort in the midst of my labors, in the midst of my burden that Jesus said, Come to me, all of you, the ignorant, the smart, the worthy, the unworthy. Come to me, all you. The only qualification is, are you laboring and are you heavy laden? Come to me and I'll give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle or meek and lowly in heart and you will find rest. For your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. You say, now wait a minute. I thought Jesus said, if you're laboring and you're heavy laden to come to Him, and He'll give us rest. Well, I thought rest means taking my burden. But He said, take my yoke upon you. He's talking about yoking me up with another burden. Did you know that you are made and I am made to have a purpose. One of the worst things you can do to a human being is give them an existence with no purpose, with nothing to do. Nothing to do, no purpose, no responsibilities. That is one of the worst things a human being can endure. 
Rick Warren, my goodness, how many books did he sell? And what was it called? The Purpose. What made people buy that book? Because people are looking for purpose. Everybody wants a purpose. And Jesus is saying, I'm your creator. I made you for a purpose. And you're laboring. You're heavy laden with things that you weren't purposed for. But come to me. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Because you're going to live for something. You're going to live for somebody. You know, Romans chapter 6. I guess we could read a passage there in Romans chapter 6. It talks about how that we, whoever we yield our self-servants to obey, we are the servants of that thing, whatever it might be. If you look in Romans chapter 6, verse number 16, it says, Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now many of us know that last verse, but a lot of us haven't read those verses that lead up to that. And what Jesus is saying is that, listen, you're going to live, you're going to work for somebody as long as you're on this earth. And you might say, I'm not working for anybody. I do whatever I want to do. You've got the cruelest master of all. Because you know who your master is? Your own pleasure. That's the cruelest master of all. Is to simply live and say, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I take, I, I'm not going to worry about what anybody else needs or the needs of anybody else or what God created me for. I'm my own person. I'm my own man or my own woman. I'm going to live for me. What a cruel master and a cruel fate you have decided. And Jesus says, no. If you're laboring and you're burdened, come to me. Take my yoke upon you. Live for me. Take my yoke upon you. And notice he says, and learn of me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. You know, Stephanie was talking about going out into all the world. And when Jesus gave that great commission, he said, go into all the world and, and preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. I can remember the, the preacher that baptized me when I was nine, back in 1973, his name was Brother Forsyth, and uh, he, certain statements he would always make, he was our preacher for probably six or seven years during that time, I, I still remember this, to this day, and, and I remember one of the phrases he would often use was that if there wasn't a heaven to gain and a hell to shun, he would still want to be a Christian because it was the best life that he, ever, that he could think of to live. To live a life that loves other people, to live a life that puts yourself last. And of course there is a heaven to gain. There is a hell to shun. 
But the point he made was great, and that's what Jesus was saying, that whatever life you're living, whatever burden you have, come to me. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you because my yoke is easy, my burden is light. He says, learn of me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Another old hymn says, there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. There's not a friend that's so meek and lowly. No, not one. And there's not a friend that's so high and holy. No, not one. We were talking the other night. I think one of the most dramatic pictures in Scripture is the picture of Jesus, the Son of God, the perfect sinless Son of God, kneeling down and washing the feet of those broken down disciples. Think about it. Peter, he couldn't keep his temper. He's always running off at the mouth, making, you know, jumping out of the boat and sinking. Jesus was always having to rescue. Every time he turned around, he was trying to rescue Peter from trouble. Thomas, he was a great doubter. Don't even mention Judas. He was a betrayer. I mean, you just go down the list and all of the apostles had a weakness. And yet Jesus, knowing their heart, you know, sometimes, we, I mentioned earlier, we have great respect for someone, but we don't know their faults. We, maybe we think they don't have any faults, but they do. But Jesus knew their faults. And Jesus, the Son of God, He's kneeling down and He's washing their feet. And Jesus says, listen, take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Jesus is not judgmental. He comes to save. Jesus said, I've not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. He died on the cross not to condemn you, but because you're already condemned. He died on the cross to save us from our sin. We're already condemned. He died to save us. And He says, and you will find rest for your souls. That's what I titled the message. Rest for your soul. Doesn't it feel good if you've been working you're physically tired. You got a favorite chair. You sit down in that chair. You lay down. You get your favorite pillow. You lay down. You rest. Doesn't that feel good physically? How many of us, I raise my hand, how many of us long for that rest emotionally and spiritually? Pretty easy to rest physically. You know, your body kind of takes care of that. You get so tired, you're just going to fall asleep. Sometimes our emotions won't rest. Our spirit won't rest. Our mind won't rest. It is too burdened. It's laboring too hard to make things work. And Jesus said, in me, this is a promise. And I stand on that promise. I cling to that promise. This is a promise. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. I've mentioned often, I've quoted one of my heroes of the faith, and that's Adrian Rogers. The last words that he was ever known to utter in the hospital with pneumonia, had been diagnosed with lung cancer, and because of the treatment, he had gotten pneumonia. And and really wasn't expected to die, but it just, I guess God was ready for it. And as he went into in and out of a coma and, and his family was around, the last words they ever heard him say 
were this. I am a perfect peace. I am a perfect peace. You will find rest for your soul. God has not promised that He's going to fix your problem. He's not promised that He's going to fix my problems just like I want them fixed. What He has promised is that if you're burdened and laboring and heavy laden, come to me. Take my yoke upon you. That means to be obedient. Submit yourself to Jesus. Be obedient to what He's calling you to do. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. Seek me in my word. Don't seek my hand, but seek my face. What would your wife or your husband say if you'd been gone, you know, for a long time and you got... I may get some of us in trouble because this may be what you do, but you've been gone for a long time and you show back up and all they want to know is, you know, what you got me? What you got me? Well, I would like for them to at least look me in the eye and say, it's so good to see you. You know, I feel a lot better about giving them whatever I'd brought to do that. But often we're like that with God. We want God to give us something. And he, Jesus is saying, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Look me in the face and, and seek me. Seek God for who He is. Study His Word. Pray. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Don't look for a life with no burden. Just make sure you have the right burden. Not a burden of your own making. Not a labor of your own choosing. But take Jesus' burden. Put His yoke. He says, my yoke is easy. You know why? Because it's made for you. You were created for that yoke. Every one of us here has a purpose. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. For my yoke is easy because it fits you just right. It was made with you in mind. It's Jesus' purpose for your life. Take my yoke upon you, Jesus says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, I got an F-350 pickup. I, I, I kick myself occasionally when I get on a bumpy road and I don't have a load on that thing for buying that F-350 because if you know anything about trucks, an F-350 has got hard springs under it. You're supposed to have a load on that thing. And if you don't have a load on it, it doesn't ride very well. Listen, God created you to carry a burden, but the right kind of burden. His burden, not your burden. Not a burden of guilt. Not a bur burden of hatred towards somebody. Not a burden of your own choosing. Jesus says, come to me. Lay your burden at the foot of the cross. Take my yoke. Put my yoke on. Obey me for a change. Take my burden. His burden for you might be to forgive somebody. To love somebody. To embrace an enemy. To be a witness. Yes, that's a burden, but it's a, it's a light burden compared to the burden that you're carrying now. And you know what? My burden might be to trust God. Don't give up. Be faithful. Don't take the easy road out. Whatever, whatever our burden is, the burden that Jesus gives us, Jesus says, it's a light burden. And I listen, I just wanted to share that with you today. It's what's been on my heart all week. I've been preaching that message to myself all week. I just wanted to tell you what I've been listening to. Mine lasted a lot longer. I give you the short version. So be thankful for that. 
But I just want to share with you, and listen, by, by the way, uh, if you've been around me long enough, you know when I tell jokes that, that you know, some folks cuss, I tell jokes, okay? Well, you know, when I get under stress, uh, you know, that, that's my stress reliever to try to laugh when it's not really funny. Got in trouble about that a few times, but, but I just wanted to share that with you because that's what's been speaking to me. Jesus' words to me and Jesus' words to you. Come. Come to me. All you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus. We recognize that, Lord, it is a false dream to think of a life with no burdens, with no labor. Help us not to live for that false dream. But Father, I pray that you give us a clear vision of the proper labor and the proper burden that you would have each of us to bear. Not our own labors, our own burdens that we have created, but whatever position or whatever place we may be in today, place of difficulty or a place of trial, I pray God that we would find our strength in you, the one who possesses all power. And Lord, that we would take your yoke upon us, that we would be obedient to your command, that we would be yielded and surrendered because, Lord, you tell us there is great power in weakness. When we are weak, then you are strong. And I pray, God, help us to lay our strength aside and to walk only in your strength, to walk only in your power. God, let us take your yoke upon us and let us take your burden upon us and walk with that burden and not our own and rest in your grace. I pray if there's one here that does not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, Father, I pray you would draw them to you or one that needs to have a burden lifted. I pray have your will and way in each heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we stand and...